Awesome. Are you ready for the word, folks? Are you ready to encounter the Lord this morning? I can't accept it all day. But it's always like that. I mean, the word of my heart, and I really, I really feel in the spirit, some people, this is for you this morning. This is for me this morning. The subject that I'm going to talk about is something that I don't believe any believer is exempt from. All of us are going to go through seasons where the enemy is going to try and bring this weapon against us. And you know what? It's time, church, that we walk in victory. It's time for the church to arise and walk in the victory that Jesus died on the cross for us to have. And so I really pray that our ears and our hearts would be open this morning to what I felt the Lord is putting on my heart for this morning. And at quarter past three this morning, I was awake. I said, Johannes, did you know I was awake at quarter past three this morning? He said, yes, I know. <laughs> I don't know how he knows it if he's always awake, but for me, that's a Christmas miracle. I don't easily wake up. And so when I wake up around any time like that, specifically, I know the Lord is about to speak to me. So I know from what I really sense in my heart and what I believe God has put on my heart that today is going to be a brand new day for some people in this room. Today is going to be a brand new day. God is going to set you free from things that have held you back your entire life. Do you believe me this morning? I pray you do. I'm going to speak about fear. And if you know my story, if you know my testimony, then you know this is probably my favorite topic to talk about because I believe this is where I receive the most freedom in my journey with the Lord. The most freedom. Fear is crippling the body of believers around the world today. And especially in the last two years with COVID and all of that that was going on, it was an intensifying weapon, especially at the church, and all people, but especially at the church. Who can agree with that this morning? I mean, we've all felt it. I don't think any person was exempt from feeling that coming against you, that weapon of fear. And you know, to be honest, as a pastor and standing in this role, this is something that I see people come to us for prayer for the most. Any form of fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's panic attacks, whether it is worries, stress, all these things, this is what the enemy likes to keep us busy with. This is what he, why, and why does he use it? Let's talk about this. Why does he use a weapon of fear against believers today? Because fear will actually stun us. It will stop us right there in our tracks. It will stop us from moving forward. It will stop us from walking into our destiny. It will stop us from walking out what God has got on our lives. God has got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. There's a reason why you are on this planet. And it's not just to take up space. It's to advance the kingdom of God. It is to be an agent of heaven on earth. A kingdom carrier, as we've spoken about before. But he uses fear and he uses lies to get us paralyzed, is the word that I'm looking for. That's how I felt. Paralyzed. Completely numb. And you don't have to put up your hand, but I'm sure many of us have felt it. And maybe you're even in that place still today. Where it consumes you to the point of being paralyzed, where you feel powerless, where you feel absolutely helpless, and where you've been to this 
counselor and you've been to this place and this baliki and that baliki and it's not helping. It's not canceling it from the root. It's not bringing you to a place of freedom. Well, church, we have the answer and his name is Jesus Christ. Okay. When we do not deal with fear, so in other words, we know we are all going to face fear at some point. But when we do not make an active decision to deal with fear, to get to a place of freedom, what will happen? The enemy will actually have a legal right in our life to come and steal our kingdom assignment from us. Not only am I assignment, but my kingdom identity. My purpose. The abundant life that is promised in the Bible. Many believers, well, why am I not seeing the abundant life? Well, have we allowed Jesus' truth to come in and heal? That he wants to heal. That which he wants to heal. Amen. Where did fear start? Genesis 3.10. If you've got your Bibles with you, and also for those who are new, we have all of our notes and the scriptures in a Bible app. If you've got a phone with uh, an ability to have a Bible app, I think most phones have apps now these days. Who remembers a Nokia 3310? Yes, that was awesome for now. Okay, now I also know how old everyone is. Nokia 3310. Yes, that was Okay. So anyway, our, our notes, server notes are on version. It's called version Bible App. Uh, if you have trouble finding that, Carl, over here, Carl, raise your hand. He's your man. He will get it on for you. Okay, this is what Adam said. The Lord said, this is right in the beginning, okay? This is in the Garden of Eden. They took the apple, they took the bite. Then God said, Adam, where are you? Notice he called the man. He said, Adam, where are you? And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and so I hid. This is the first time we hear about fear in the Bible. And so what happened? Fear came in as a result of sin. Fear entered the human heart because of that separation we had with the Father because sin had taken place. Disobedience had taken place. So the fear that I'm going to talk about this morning is not necessarily the fear of God. We know the fear of God. When the Bible speaks of the fear of God, it is a holy, reverential awe. A respect, oh wow, oh Lord, you are king and I am not. That's what the fear of the Lord is. That is a healthy, good fear of the Lord. We're not talking about that. We're also not talking about uh, the fear of, you know when you stand at the edge of a building, a 15-story building, because there is an edge. And so when we stand at the edge of that building, there is a healthy fear our bodies were created to respond to danger, to say, don't take another step. That is what we mean by a healthy fear. It's okay to, if you didn't have fear, then you would go over the ledge and die. That's not the idea. So the fear that we want to talk about today is those emotional fears that are based on lies. That are based on lies that the enemy plants in our thought life, in our mind, that has nothing to do or is the opposite of the Word of God, that is opposite of the truth of the Lord. And I'll give you some examples. Fear of man or fear of people. In other words, that's where I find myself in a place where I'm constantly afraid of what people are thinking of me. 
I'm constantly afraid. I can't step out and do anything because I'm so scared of what people might say, what people might think of me. That's called fear of man or fear of people. Fear of rejection or abandonment or loneliness. You know, that's coupled with I have a lack of self-worth. I don't believe in myself because I'm so afraid that I'm not good enough for people to accept me. I'm always scared that people are going to reject me. So even in relationships, I'd rather push people away than have them push me away. It's a way of protecting myself. So fear of rejection or what I really struggled with was fear of abandonment. I was scared of being alone. Fear of punishment or judgment. Fear of the future. Many people are struggling with this right now, fear of the future, because look at the economy, look at the interest rate, look at this, look at that, look at America, look at Russia, look at the Ukraine, look at the low chitty, look at this, look at that. And I start to develop a fear of the future. I can't enjoy my life today because my circumstances are dictating how I live every single day. I'm constantly stressed and worried about the future. And that makes it impossible for me to make decisions. Okay, I think about, I worry, and I have anxious thoughts about, well, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen to my children? My children are not going to have a future in this country. Amen? Fear of pain, fear of danger, fear of disaster. Sometimes we walk around with a sense of impending doom, like something is going to happen to me, something really, really bad is going to happen to me, and that fear rules my life. It constricts me in everything I do. Many people have fear of sickness or fear of disease. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that. Fear of lack, fear of not having enough. That constant financial worry, financial concern. Fear of failure. I'm so scared of trying anything new because I'm more scared of failing. So I'm so scared of trying anything new that I never do anything. Even though I know I've got a, I've got a word for it, I've got an idea for it, I've got a sense that this is what I need to do, but I'm so scared of ever starting that I never do. Fear of failure or fear of the unknown. And you know, 365 times in the word it says, do not fear. It's something that the Lord honestly does not want us to live with in a way that cripples us paralyzes us or stuns us from stepping out into what he has for us. Would you agree with that this morning? And again, I'm saying, do some of us feel fear at some point? Absolutely. But what are we talking about this morning? We're talking about when that fear is so intense that I cannot be obedient to Jesus. When that fear is so intimidating and so big that it cripples my day-to-day -day life. I had a lady that I worked with uh, many years ago that she was in a car accident many, many years ago. And she had such a fear of driving. She wasn't married, she didn't have anyone else to drive her, but she could never fully live her life because of that fear that was so much and so overwhelming that she could not live her day-to-day -day life. That's the kind of fear I'm talking about this morning. Does it make sense so far? That spirit of fear, and it's a spirit, is not from God. So just to get us on the same page, that is a spiritual weapon formed against us to paralyze us, to stop God's work from being accomplished in our life. 
And if you know my story, this is something I really struggled with. And even as I was preparing, the Lord reminded me of something that happened to me years ago. I think I was still a student or in matric somewhere, 18, 19. And you know what? I had a revelation moment. That was an open door in my life. So how did, before I share that, how does the spiritual realm work? We speak about this often and we will continue to speak about this because this is scriptural. There is a kingdom of light, Jesus' kingdom. There is a kingdom of darkness, the enemy's kingdom. Okay? And if I allow, so the enemy will come and he will sow seeds of doubt and lies into my thought life. Sorry, gebruik nou Johannes' kop as a voorbeeld. Hy sê te naamwee. He says, lost coffee. Okay, so a lie comes into my thought life. Uh, what is a good lie? The, so the car accident, uh, you will always be, you will be in a car accident anytime you come into the car or whatever. That lie came in. Now I start to agree with that lie. I start to think, yes, it is the truth. It's a thought, therefore I must listen to it. Do you know that any, every thought that comes into your thought life is not necessarily your thought? It's not necessarily God's thought. Do you know that you don't have to accept any thought that comes into your thought life, into your mind? This is the enemy's battleground. And so what we, what we find is that in the spiritual realm, the moment I feed on that lie or I allow that lie to become my truth, that moment I've allowed the enemy a demonic open door in my life. Because remember, the enemy has no power over us, children of God, unless we give him that power. Christians can be oppressed by demonic spirits. What does that mean? Influenced by demonic spirits. How? By them gaining legal right. One way is, and that's what I really struggle with, one way is believing a lie, agreeing with that lie, and it becomes my truth, it becomes my reality. It could be through trauma, through a traumatic event, like that lady was in a car accident. Was it her fault? No. But through trauma, a door was opened. So then we need to have a church that can teach us how the spiritual realm works to help that lady through a process of prayer to break that lie over her life. Otherwise, that demonic spirit of fear has gained the entrance. And so what happened to me was, besides the fact that I suffered really from I would say fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, all of those things. My dad died when I was six years old. I was just a six-year-old six little girl. He was a sheep farmer, and he passed away. And I remember growing up with that sense of abandonment, like I was alone. And it wasn't the truth, because I still had my mom, I had my brother, I had a family, I had friends, I had all those things, but I always grew up in the back of my mind and in my heart thinking, I'm alone. It was a lie, and even as children, we need to help our children to break off lies that comes through trauma. Did I have anything to do with my dad's death? No, but trauma opened the door for a fear stronghold in my mind. And I remember as a student, I became so anxious, and I don't know why it manifested in my 20s, okay? We can do a lot of talk about that, but when I was in my 20s, when I was a student, I had panic attack upon panic attack upon panic attack. Now, if you've ever had a panic attack, you will know what that is. If you've never experienced that, thank God right now you've never experienced that. Many people who kill themselves 
suffer from panic attacks. Because that's how you feel. And I was a believer when I was still experiencing that. Even after Johannes and I got married, I had a, a panic attack once before I was about to go to Mozambique on a very, very huge mission for the Lord. And a spirit of fear tried to come against me. And I was on the bathroom floor at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I felt in that moment, as a believer, I was working as a missionary. And I felt in that moment I could understand why people kill themselves. And that was a huge eye-opener for me before we entered the ministry. Because luckily, I Johannes that prayed for me. I had our pastor that prayed for me. And we broke that thing very quickly. Somewhere, it just gave an entryway. It's very quick. You just give that thought a second chance. And it comes. And... I remember thinking to myself, okay, the church needs to be educated on the spiritual realm. We need to understand what our weapons are so that we know how to fight when we need to fight in the war. Amen? And so I was reminded of another thing that happened to me when I was, I think I was 18, 19, maybe around there, either the end of school or beginning of university. I'm glad I can't remember because that shows me I've really moved on in life. But I was at a friend's house one night. And... Her parents were away and we were going to have a movie night just as girls. But what I didn't realize is that a couple of my friends, also, I, you know, choose your friends wisely. <laughs> if the story will teach you anything, choose your friends wisely. Okay, none of them were obviously believers. So behind my back, they were planning a little prank on me. Why? Because they thought I was the most gullible. This was also before I was knew the Lord, really. And... They planned, one of, the, one of the guys went overseas, his parents went overseas or something like that, and they brought back, do you remember the movie Scream? Do you know that white mask? The terrifying mask. They brought back those masks, and they thought, what a brilliant idea to play a little prank on their friend at this house. Because this house had three entrances, so it had the perfect scene for a terrible prank. And I remember we were in the house and uh, my friend said to me, don't worry, I'll be right back. And then the phone started ringing and it was, it was dark already, but skimmer, but the skimmer and kennels, dusk. Okay, so you could still see outside, but it wasn't full light. And I remember as I went to, I shouted, she was in the bathroom and I said, should I answer the phone? Because that's weird, you don't answer the phone in someone else's house. And she said, yes, go and answer. And to cut a long story short, the moment I went to answer the phone, the phone was right by the windows that were overlooking their back pool area. And I saw someone emerging from the pool with a knife with the mask walking to me like this. And I realized, I don't know if you've ever been in a panic fear situation. It could be a real life situation of danger. Not all people react the same. The first reaction I had was I ran to the, to the back door in the kitchen to make sure it's locked. And then my second reaction was to run to my friend because I thought we were being robbed. I thought people were trying to attack us, obviously. You live in South Africa. <laughs> what else would you think? I ran to the bathroom door. She didn't answer. I started freaking out. But there was a window at the back, so they gave the mask through to the person waiting, hiding in the bathroom. And when I opened the bath, when they opened the bathroom door, that same man that was standing outside managed to come through this small of a window with the mask, with the knife standing like this in front of me. Oh my word. And so I just was paralyzed. Paralyzed with fear. And the Lord reminded me, I totally forgot about that story. But that was in before my twenties when I started experiencing all those panic attacks. And there was Definitely a huge spirit of fear. Doorway that just came in through a silly little prank that kids play on one another. 
And just to show you how easy it is for that thing to go in the doorway into our life. But for some of us, maybe it was through trauma. Maybe for some of us it was an accident. Maybe for some of us it's just a lie that the enemy planted that we've agreed with because we didn't know the truth. But today the Lord says, it is time to be free. Amen. I want to share with you this picture. There's a picture that says, false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is most of the time, coming against us. It's not the truth. But all that the enemy needs is one thought for us to agree with. He doesn't even have to work very hard. He's not that clever. Let's not give him credit. All right, and John 8, verse 44, those of you who are taking notes, did my, was my story a little terrible? <laughs> that was terrible, me. Eh? What a terrible thing to do. Yes. And you know, it happens to children. Children do these kind of things to one another. Okay, John 8, verse 44, you belong to your father. This is Jesus speaking, and he's talking to the Pharisees. He's giving them a go again. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil. I don't, I don't really want Jesus to say that to me. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The father of lies. But listen to this scripture. This scripture, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, many of us know this. This scripture became my number one scripture of all time. This is the thing that honestly set me free from all that I had experienced. For God, why don't you read it together with me? For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. I know it's a longer version because it's the amplified. But what does that scripture say? It is the Apostle Paul talking to young Timothy. And some scholars believe that Timothy was actually, either he was a very timid young guy, or he just needed encouragement to move forward into what God has for him. And Paul said to him, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Okay, let that sink in. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. What is power? It's the Holy Spirit. Of love. What is love? It's the love of the Father. And of a sound mind. What is that? That is the peace of Jesus Christ. The peace that surpasses all understanding. What is the game plan this morning? The game plan this morning is trusting the Lord that we will realize there are some fears that we have allowed to live in our life that must go. It's time to let it go. It's time to replace the fear for Jesus' peace. Amen? That Greek word for a spirit of fear in that Timothy scripture means delia. I think the Greek word for that. And that means timidity, cowardice, shrinking back. 
Oom Neville praat van een bange broek gees. Oom Neville is the, the founding pastor of Living Word in South Africa. A bange broek gees, a spirit of timidity. I really struggled with this as well. I, if you knew me in high school, primary school, wherever, I never spoke a word in front of people. Who remembers Mondelein? Oh, who hated Mondelein? Everyone. I don't think there's a single person. In fact, public speaking is the number one fear. If you Google fears of all time, public speaking is right up there before fear of flying. Public speaking. Why? Because I fear people. I fear people's opinions. I don't believe in myself. I fear all sorts of things. Fear, 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 fear. And I remember even as a, as a young child in primary school, you know, people's words can even plant, a, even plant a lie. The enemy uses people, unfortunately. And I remember as a 11 year old, 10 or 11 year old, we had interschwimmer. And we had athletics. I loved athletics. I would do 1,500 meter, 3,000 meter. I loved running long distance. But we also had cheerleaders and we were allowed to, you know, sing and all of that. And you know, you always had three or four cheerleaders per team. And I was part of the green team. And I remember one poser, we were walking around and they were gonna select the cheerleaders. The children were allowed to select the cheerleaders. What a bad system. And I remember standing at the back because I was always very shy. I would use the word timid today. And I remember standing behind this one friend of mine. I thought she was my best friend. And I overheard, everyone else could see that I was standing behind her. And I overheard her saying, Marissa can you tell you this? She can you know, I remember that day. That became my reality. I believed it. I believed it because my best friend said it. And if I look back now, what a little strategic thought lie for someone who's been called to be a mouthpiece in the kingdom. At 10 years old, you can't be a cheerleader cheering on the groomsbine because nothing can come out of her mouth. And Oros was obviously a nightmare for me after that. Okay, that's how easy it happens. What happens in our bodies? I'm going to get to the good news now, I mean. What happens to our bodies? Can you show that picture? The fight or flight response. Who knows the flight or uh, fight response? Okay, so this is what happens. When, when we begin to meditate on that thought, when, we be, when this becomes real now in our heart and it becomes our truth, our bodies will manifest fear in many different ways. Okay, your, your pupils will dilate, your lungs, your, your bowel movement slows down, your saliva decreases, all sorts of things, your heart starts beating faster. Has anyone ever experienced some of those symptoms when you start to get scared? I remember in a panic attack, all of those would happen simultaneously. You feel like you actually want to pass out, you feel like the only way out is if someone can just take you out. That's how bad it gets. And I remember for me, even my stomach, because what happens is your body starts to release adrenaline and your hormones start to prepare your body literally for danger. Because the amazing way that God created our bodies is to respond in danger. That's where adrenaline comes in. But your, your hormones, cortisol and all those things start to release because your brain is sending a signal that there is a real danger. But when we're talking about fear, and when we're talking about someone living with a consistent fear that I experienced at that level, my body was now, instead of every now and again, my body was constantly under that pressure to produce those cortisol hormones. And this was constantly happening to my body. 
panic attacks and all of that. And this is where physically, this also gives a demonic door for sickness, for illness, for headaches, for heart attacks. I believe many people that died of heart attacks in COVID was not COVID, it was fear. It's medically proven, scientifically proven, the result on our bodies. When we put our bodies under constant pressure of releasing these hormones and adrenaline in a constant manner. Does that make sense this morning? So not once every while, constantly. For me, this was weekly. When I would go out, I would have a panic attack. When I would be at home, I'd have a panic attack. There was no pattern to it. There was no, you know what I'm saying. And so it's not healthy. And again, I'm not talking about a little anxiety or a little uh, nervousness when you go and write your learners or whether you write an exam or maybe you have to do the offering this morning and you're a little nervous. I'm talking about constant paralyzing. Okay, so we, we understand what we're talking about this morning. Stopping you in your tracks. And the longer we tolerate fear at this level, the stronger this mental stronghold will become and the wider the door for the demonic realm to have a rule and an influence over us. And you know, many people that suffer from this will use all sorts of things to medicate. And I'm not saying don't use medication when you need to use medication, hear me very well. But I am saying medication just for your physical body will never sort it at the root. If we're dealing with the spirit of fear, we have to deal with it spiritually. Now, even my doctor put me at that time when I was suffering from those panic attacks in my 20s, I wasn't part of a church that knew how to pray for people with spiritual strongholds like that. And so I was put on antidepressants to really numb me, to numb the symptoms, which was really, really helpful. But it didn't solve the root. It didn't solve the root issue. How did my deliverance come? Number one, I was in a service. And in worship, I cried out to the Lord to help me because I would even get panic attack in church. Too many people, like, I could start to freak out. My mind would go to all sorts of stormy directions and I would get panic attacks in church. And in a service, something lifted off of me. The pastor prayed something specifically. But then I also had council prayer time where someone led me in a prayer and explained the spiritual realm to me, which I never heard in my life. And it was news to me. And I got complete freedom. But you know what? There was a third step for me. And that's something that I'm still busy with today. And I think every single believer will have to apply this third step. And that was I needed to renew my mind. And I'm using fear as an example. But really there can be many things that we can talk about this morning. But I felt fear specifically in my preparation. We need to renew our mind because this is our weapon. This is, as Joyce Meyer says, your medicine. This is the medicine right here. This is the truth. And you know what is scary is that even this week we received a message of one of the, we've got a, a pastor's network group where all of the Living Word pastors share different things. And someone, I think it was Manebel, that shared a TikTok video of how they went, I think it was overseas somewhere, they went into a mall and they asked people to quote one scripture from the Bible. And in a five minute video, no one could quote a scripture from the Bible. And then some, one of the other pastors responded and he said, a year ago, we did a dipstick research in our church 
to see how many people in our church has read one, either one scripture or one chapter of the Bible in the last 24 hours. Only 40% have read one scripture in the last 24 hours. Church, we will remain powerless if this does not become a priority. It's just the truth. We have to renew our minds with this through reading it, through studying it, through applying it. Yes, we can pray for deliverance with one prayer, but our minds are never going to be renewed from a lifetime of skewed thinking if we are not renewing with the truth. Because the Bible says the truth will set you free, but only the truth that is applied. Can God do it through one scripture, someone quoting over you? Absolutely, he's God. But what do we see in practice? I have to renew my mind. I have to spend time in the Word. I have to decide how desperate am I for freedom. And you know what? I got to a place where I was very desperate. I was sick and tired of feeling scared. Because the more we start to walk with the Lord, the more the Lord will bring to the fore what He has planted inside of us, what He's called us to do. And even when I started receiving opportunities to share the Word, or to share a three-minute offering, I remember we received three minutes for the offering, if you were not done, the pastor would come on stage, whether you are afraid or not. And I remember, you can ask Johannes, even when I met him, I would be sick to my stomach. It's not normal nerves. It is too much. It is extreme. How do I know this is something I need to deal with spiritually? When I can quantify it by death, it is too much. Everyone has a little fear. Everyone feels fear. Everyone feels a little nerves. Everyone feels a little anxious about something. But when it is tough, when it is too much, that could be a warning sign that maybe we need to deal with it. Maybe we need prayer. Maybe we need counseling. Maybe we need to allow the Lord into that area. Amen? Is she allowed But it's good. It's good news. Amen? Okay, I spoke about that. What does the word promise us? Let's get to the bottom of it and then I want to pray. Uh, first scripture, Isaiah 41 verse 10. The Bible says this, Fear not, there is nothing to fear. We can just meditate on that for a while. For I am with you. Who is this? This is the Father speaking. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Who believes we live in some of the most difficult times right now? We're all feeling it. Okay, we're not denying reality, but here's the other reality. The bigger truth is He will strengthen us. He will harden us to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up. Yes, I will retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. This is what the Lord promises us. So when my heart gets a little nervous, gets a little fearful, when I listen to the news, when I hear the economy updates, where I hear the food prices, you know, all of that, I don't allow myself to stay there. I don't allow myself to meditate on that. I don't go and meditate on my budget that's not clopping. I go back to the Word and I say, Lord, but didn't you promise that you are our provider? 
I'm just showing you a practical example because this is what it means to take the truth and to believe the truth and to apply the truth. It means I go and meditate on that. For some of us it means we may have to turn the news off a little bit. For some of us it means maybe I need new friends that speak more life. Nothing frustrates me more than getting to a bride and it's a clare and a clare and he understand that and he economy that and that that. I'm not saying we can't talk about the realities. I'm saying we're talking ourselves out of faith and interfere many times. Don't give the enemy that time of day. Jesus is above the economy. Do I have to remind myself of this weekly? Absolutely. We run a church. We have to walk by faith every single day. But I can't allow these things to terrorize me. I can't allow myself to feed on it. And if I do, and I, Holy Spirit reminds me, I'm very quick to repent and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Your word says the opposite. It doesn't matter what the food prices is and that you pay 120 rand for a pocket driver. And I like driver. Your word says that you are my provider. And immediately I can feel the peace and the calm coming back onto my heart. Repentance and replace the lie with the truth. Repentance, replace the lie with the truth. And his peace comes. And you know what? You grow in that. You practice it. Amen? Second last scripture, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Do not be anxious. Everyone say, do not be anxious. Or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And then the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands God over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is what? Is yours. Amen. Did Jesus come to give us torment or did Jesus come to give us peace? Came to give us peace. He never said he's going to change all of our circumstances. In fact, he said, in this world you will have trouble. But then what did he say? Take heart. I have overcome the world. And you know what, church, what I realized in COVID? I'm not even going to fear death. Because death is better than where we are. If you're a child of God. Like I said. Very important. <laughs> Why don't you stand this morning and I'm going to pray for us. I want everyone to just close their eyes this morning. No one looking around. Let's give everyone some privacy. This is really what I felt in my heart. That the Lord said, just take time to pray. Just take time to focus on me. And I want to ask this morning, if you are in this room and if anything that I shared this morning and everyone's eyes are closed, everyone's focusing on their own journey this morning. It's about you and the Lord. If there's anything that we mentioned this morning that you felt on your heart, oh gosh, that describes me. 
Maybe there are some areas in your life where you've conquered fear, but if you're honest this morning, there's an area that the Holy Spirit highlighted to you this morning. And you know what? Sometimes fear is even so deeply rooted in our hearts, we don't even know that it's a fear. We don't even know that that's why we react the way that we react. Some of these emotional fears are the root causes of some of our behavioral challenges, some of the patterns in our life that we can't seem to break. It could be an emotional wound that is triggering something in your life that you can't seem to break. And so I want to ask, while we're in this moment of just surrender to the Lord, why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you Show you if there is a lie that you are currently believing that's causing fear, worry, constant worries. How do you know you're worrying? You go to bed with that thought, you wake up with that thought. That thought is not leaving you alone and it's causing you to feel scared. It's causing you to feel anxious, fearful, constantly worried. Ask Holy Spirit to show you if there is a lie that you are believing. How do I hear the Holy Spirit? Maybe it's something on your heart that you just know that you know, or a thought can come into your thought life that says, this is a lie, this is not the truth. This is not what I am saying over your situation. step number one. The second step is now we need to bring that lie into the open because this is where it loses its power. So I'm going to lead us in a corporate prayer and you don't have to say a specific thing out loud in this setting, but bring it in your heart before the Lord. The second step in being delivered from something like this when it is a spiritual fear coming against you is we need to repent and renounce for agreeing with that thought. So everyone can just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for allowing fear, for allowing anxiety, for allowing worry a foothold in my life. I repent today. I ask for your forgiveness for any lie that I have believed that was not your truth. I receive your forgiveness. Every thought that does not line up with your truth, I renounce it right now in Jesus' name. And now you need to speak with authority. You say, Spirit of fear, Spirit of anxiety, Spirit of worry. I break your power, I break your mind, I break your right in my life, and I command you to leave right now in Jesus' name. Just stand in the Lord's presence, just receive His mercy coming over you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask for your total peace over every person in this room, every spirit of fear 
tormenting any of the children of God in this room, I command you to go and leave right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. People are receiving freedom in their hearts right now. I see people, literally something is breaking in your thought line right now as we pray, as we speak, as we believe. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I feel like the Lord is showing people also things that you didn't even realize was a fear in your heart. And He's bringing it to the surface this morning. He's bringing it to the surface. And if you feel a little nervousness, if you feel like your heart is beating a little faster, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We release total peace over every person in this room. Why don't you also repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I ask you now, to baptize me afresh with your Holy Spirit and with your fire in Jesus' name. I receive your peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding right now in Jesus' name. Just receive it. Just stand in his presence for a little longer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord wants to show one or two more people something specific. Just be sensitive to His voice right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for waves of Your peace to just flow over Your people. Every seat, every row. Your peace that surpasses all understanding in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that we are drenched in Your love. Thank you that we are drenched by Your peace. By your peace, fear has no hold over us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Last prayer, you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, please come and teach me your truth in every area of my life where I need it today. Help me to be hungry. Help me to live by your truth and to apply it to my life so I can walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Is he a good God or what? Who feel like something lifted off of you this morning? Do you want to be honest? I want to say this, if there is anyone here and you're not sure if what you prayed has lifted off of you, I want to ask you with all the love in my heart, don't leave this room without coming for prayer. God loves you so much. He's got a great plan for your life. Let's not allow the enemy to steal our kingdom purpose. Amen. Amen.